Hey ladies, welcome to Be Your Own CEO Podcast, where developing your self-worth leads you to your calling. Hi ladies, welcome back to Be Your Own CEO. I am so glad that you are present with me today on your own personal and professional growth journey. You are in the right place to becoming your best self. And that actually leads us to the title of today's episode called Becoming Your Best Self. And today's episode is created and sparked because of the creation of Be Your Own CEO podcast in the first place, right? Let's be real. The reason I began this entire podcast in the first place is because of this episode. And I'm really glad to present all of the statistics with you all today and all of the experiences and some wisdom. But I wanted to begin with the fact that today's episode is truly centered around why did Catherine begin Be Your Own CEO Why does she want to support other women and all of those awesome things? But first, before we dive into today's content, I actually wanted to loop back to the first episode called Owning Your Story. If you had not yet listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to listen. I provide three ways to own your story. And with vulnerability, I actually walk you through the three steps sharing my story with you all and opening up my world, um, you know, my inner world, my external world, right? So all the things that are going on through, um, you know, my mental and emotional journey, then also externally, right? So what I'm doing, you know, career-wise and where I live and all of those awesome, amazing things. And so if you did not listen to that episode, I absolutely encourage you to do that because I know that owning your story also begins with becoming your best self. And so, Before we begin, I also want to add one more thing. I am by no means an expert on any of these topics. Know that the reason I choose these topics is because they are centered around my own personal reflections and then also some statistics that I have discovered, you know, in researching, you know, the positive things about women and how do we reach our best selves, but then also some things that we are grappling with and struggling with. And I know that those are real. Those are very raw and things that we struggle with as women. And so I always try to dig and find statistics and know, okay, I want to start this episode strong with statistics, personal stories, and all of those things, but know that I am by no means an expert, right? So I have a bachelor's degree in sociology with a minor in psychology and know that I'm also an educator. I will begin my third year teaching as a third grade teacher this next school year. And so I also do have a multitude of experiences professionally and personally that do guide this journey. But know that I'm here to support you regardless, and I'm always going to be rooting for you because I truly want you to become your best self. Okay, great. We're going to begin by diving into the mission and vision statement of Be Your Own CEO and the five core values. The mission of Be Your Own CEO is to develop your self-worth by sharing content centered around self-worth, growth, connection, identity, and freedom. The vision is to create a world where all women are equipped to excel in their own lives through a deep belief in their own self-worth. And the five core values are self-worth, identity, connection, growth, and freedom. Awesome. So I wanted to begin sharing a little bit about my why. Why did I begin this journey? Why did I want to start a podcast? Why do I care so much about women? All of those things. So I first wanted to begin that this journey began a few years ago, like I had mentioned in the first episode, 
when I was in college, I gave so much advice to my peers, fellow colleagues, some friends, and I ended up gaining so much knowledge and perspective from other people and things that they'd been going through. And I was like, okay, you know, I seem to be doing fairly well at this. And people had given me lots of positive feedback and I loved it. And I was like, okay, so I want to help women be their best self. And, you know, how do I, how do I do that? What does that look like? And so after a lot of conversing with friends and, you know, of course my mentor Rhonda and other, you know, staff members and other people that were in my life, we had kind of just discussed, you know, what are different things that I could do, you know, in the future to support women. And so, of course, like I had thought about being a counselor at one point, and then I discovered the field of coaching. And so I am going to be a life coach. I'm an aspiring life coach in the moment. I will begin my life coaching certification through the John Maxwell program shortly, but know that I am in the process of that and know that I am a lifelong learner, just like all of you. And like I just said, I'm by no means any expert on any of these things, but I use statistics to back myself up and life perspectives and my profession. And so I know that, you know, I want to start with my why is that I care so much about women. I care so much about the women who feel unheard, who feel undervalued, um, either by a spouse or family or friends or by society. I am here for you. I am a voice. I'm an advocate and know that life is hard. At the end of the day, we have a multitude of experiences that either you know direct our life in a positive way or redirect our lives in a negative way. And it's the way that we respond, right? I heard an amazing quote years ago that life is 90%, 90%, y'all, 90% of how we respond to it and 10% of what happens to us. And so the way we respond to life and the things that happen to us matter. And so, you know, along that journey, when I was talking with friends, my colleagues, mentor, whatever, I had discovered coaching. I was like, okay, definitely could go into coaching. And so anyway, I started this podcast because I was like, this is a great platform for women to listen and grow with me in their personal and professional growth journey. And so know that I am growing with you and I really care about women. I want more women to feel like they can be their best self. And despite the pressures of society, despite all of the responsibilities you have, whether there's financial pulls, whether you have children and feel alone or you're a single mother or any of those things, I want you to know that those are not the reason that you should not become your best self. Those are the reasons that should actually launch you into becoming your best self because they're from lessons learned, right? So the things we go through should be a twist and spin on saying, oh, I learned this lesson. This is what I learned from that experience. And how do I launch myself further into my destiny? And so, yeah, I care. I care about all of you. And I want you to know that your life matters and, you know, your story matters. And I want you to say at the end of the day, like, yeah, I can, I can become my best self and I can grow stronger relationships. I can have my dream life. I can travel to that city. I can save money. I can get married one day. I, you know, I want you to really look in your mind and say, yeah, I can do that. I'm rooting for you and I want you to know that I care so, so much. And so 
I wanted to begin today with several statistics. Statistics allow us to analyze data and to look at the quantity that is provided by that data and to respond to that data in a way to make us better as humans, right? So we're first going to begin with the definition of self-worth. And so self-worth is directly connected to self-esteem. So what is self-esteem, right? It's the way we look at ourselves, the way we perceive ourselves, the way we believe, think, and act on behalf of who we are. And so if our perceptions are really positive about ourselves, then we would usually have a high level of self-esteem or high self-worth. But if our perceptions are lower, meaning that we don't believe we're capable of achieving a degree or graduating college or having the job that we want or you know meeting my future husband, all of those things, you'd be considered having a low self-esteem or low self-worth. And your self-worth actually guides your life trajectory because it allows you to have a specific perspective of yourself and the world and allows you to continue making decisions based on that. And so I wanted you to really think about that, reflect and say, okay, hmm, where am I on that spectrum? Do I have a low self-esteem, low self-worth, high self-esteem, low, high self-worth, or are you in the middle? That's okay. Just reflect. We're going to dive into a couple statistics. The first one is big. Seven in 10 girls believe they are not good enough or do not measure up in some way including their looks, performance in school, and relationships with family. Whoa, seven in 10 girls do not believe they're not good enough. That is so heavy. That needs to change. That is from Real Girls, Real Pressure, National Report on the State of Self-Esteem, Dove Self-Esteem Fund. I also know that self-esteem and your self-worth really develops at an early age. Our childhood And our life experiences at an early age actually guide that trajectory more than we could ever believe. If we had any trauma or an ACE, right? An ACE in psychology is identified as an adverse childhood experience. And so if you had an adverse childhood experience, you know, at any age, you know, throughout your childhood, whether it's divorce, whether it's abuse in some way, whether it's neglect, whether, you know, your parents were struggling financially, it could be anything, right? Any of those things that are similar. And so that would be considered an ACE. If you experience any of those things or something similar, you would be considered someone who went through a traumatic experience, then also know that that traumatic experience actually could have affected your self-worth. Now, however, it doesn't determine your self-worth, but it affects it. And so since it affects it, we have to think in our minds, okay, I got to do inner work in order to make sure that I can have a higher level of self-worth because higher level of self-worth directly correlates to a higher level of well-being and satisfaction with our lives, okay? And so self-esteem, self-worth, all of that develops early in childhood. But I also wanted to pour a couple things out there as well. 80% of females surveyed claimed their poor body image was linked to negative remarks by friends and family. Whoa, 80% ladies, 
80% of females surveyed that they don't believe that they think that their body image is very positive. They have a poor reflection on their body image. That's not good. You know, they are affected by the words their family and friends say. And I know that I try to speak life into my friends. I try to speak joy and enthusiasm and in positivity. And I don't want to tear them down. I want to build them up. And so I encourage you all to do the same. But hearing that statistic really scares me because that's a lot of negative self-talk and then also projecting that negative self-talk onto other people, right? So your own negative self-talk that you are saying to yourself can sometimes actually be projected onto others as an insecurity. But we'll talk about that later. And then, um, yeah, so... 80%. So a lot of these things are correlated to, you know, when we are going through adolescence, when we are in our early years of probably, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, learning more about ourselves and, you know, becoming a lady. And all of those situations build us up personally and professionally. When we are going through middle school and high school, we're trying to figure out who we are. It's a really heavy time. And it also is a time that we are changing a lot physically, but emotionally, mentally, we're going through a lot because we're trying to figure out who we are. But it's also a dichotomy of like, how do I figure out who I am when I don't have full freedom yet, right? It's not till you're 16 until you can drive. You know, it's not till you're 18 until you can move out of the house, right? So you go through all of these things from like 10, 12, 13, all the way up to the age of 18. And, you know, high school is a big year because of that, but you're figuring out who you are. Who am I? What do I want to do? And where am I going? Those three questions we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast. But at that age, it's hard. It's so heavy. And I look back at those years for myself and I'm like, whoa, I made some mistakes. I had many failures. I know that I had friendships that were strong. I had friendships that were struggling. I was growing through my relationships with my family and it's tough guys like I I look back and I'm like if I had done this differently I would have had this outcome or if I had done blank differently I could have done this with my life okay we can like go through that spiral all day every day and think on the what ifs but like know that those what ifs are really not going to answer the better questions of becoming who we are and where we're meant to go And so the what ifs are focusing more on the past anyway. We don't want to focus on the past. We want to know that like, okay, the past is grounding me. It's a foundation, but it's going to launch me into my future, right? And so I know that through my failures and adaptations of, you know, personal life experiences, I was able to grow in my self-worth. So personal story, my parents divorced when I was five. And at first I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was a kid, but... I was actually never angry at them for truly being divorced, right? I accepted that. I think it was because of my age. I don't remember them being together. I don't remember them ever being married. But I do know that they are much happier apart, right? Let me tell y'all, they're much happier apart, meaning that if they stay in the same house, it would have been really challenging to probably raise kids in that environment. So I applaud them for doing what was best for them. But I know that that affected me, right? So when I was young and I've made friends, we would talk about those things like, are your parents married? Are your parents not married? But it allowed me to gain resilience in life. And that resilience 
that we talk about a lot, right? Resilience is adapting to life struggles and adversities and bouncing back, you know, and moving forward. I know that I became more resilient as a young kid and was like, okay, I respect my parents for making that decision. Even though it was challenging at times, I still respected it. And so I gained resilience, but then I also knew that resilience I was gaining was actually a direct correlation to increasing my self-worth. I was like, okay, I'm not going to let that decision that they made define my future. Like, I'm not going to be mad at them for that forever. I'm not going to be mad at them for that for years. And um, it, it grows you. It extends you a level of empathy. Empathy is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and reflecting on the reason why they did what they did. And so, yeah, I respect my parents for doing that. But it allowed me to gain resilience and improve my self-worth. But let's look at it from this direction. Let's say I didn't respect my parents doing that. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold a grudge. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be mean to y'all for years and years and years. And now because of what you did, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to both of you. Could you imagine where I would be in my life if I had that perspective? Not only do I know I have become a better woman because of my parents, so shout out to my parents. I love all of the sacrifices that they had made for me my entire life, and I'm so deeply appreciative of them and their hard work. But what if I had done that? That's horrible, right? I would never want to do that to my parents because I care about my family a lot. And so that response would have been in direct correlation to someone with a low self-esteem or low self-worth. And so that's bad, right? Bad in the sense of like unhealthy, right? It would have been unhealthy for me to carry that weight on my shoulders. It's young for, um, it's really hard, I'm sorry, for people that young to do that, you know, and to make that big definitive decision that you're not going to talk to your parents anymore. That's horrible, right? So anyway, I gained resilience, improved my self-worth, and it also happened again when my uncle passed away when I was 16, and I knew that I was like, okay, I'm going to gain resilience here. I gained resilience. I grew stronger relationships with my family and friends. I was able to cultivate more wisdom from it. And again, I gained resilience and I improved my self-worth. I chose to take a path of positivity and be a light for the situation than take a negative path and to be a level of like darkness and to not shed um, you know, light on the situation when knowing that, in fact, every hardship and adversity we go through in life can take a spin in a positive direction because if we take the chance to learn, right? We can take a chance to learn from it. If we're not choosing to learn, we're not going to gain, right? I have heard amazing quotes saying that I never, I never win or I never lose. I always win or I learn. That's heavy, right? I always win or I learn, right? You're never going to lose, right? You learn. You learn from your lessons that you've gone through and hardships and the life experiences that were hard. And so when I was 16, that happened too. And then when I was in college, another example, my first semester of college, I really struggled. So I'm going to give you some full transparency. My first semester of college, I struggled so much that I remember I had a D in college algebra, so I really struggle in math. That is a reflection of it. Like D in college algebra, I think I had like a C in psychology, and I'm like, what? I already 
know I love this subject and I'm good at it. Why am I struggling so much? I didn't have the skills yet, y'all. I'm a, I'm a be real honest and transparent. Like I didn't have the skills and I had to do a lot of inner work and I needed to go to tutoring. I needed to improve my skills of studying, writing, listening, taking notes, all of those things. And so, yeah, I was really hard on myself. But my first semester of college, I did not do well. So full transparency, if you didn't do well your first semester of college, I am not going to be hard on you. I'm not going to judge you. First of all, I will never judge you. But I will not judge you because I actually personally went through it. I'm laughing because I'm like, you know what, y'all? We all live and we learn. (laughs) And so anyway, my first semester of college, I knew I had to make a change. So my second semester of college became better because I was able to implement the changes and I also stepped outside my comfort zone. Also, the most growth happens when we step outside our comfort zones. So ladies, if you're ever questioning that, that, um, you know, if you should step outside your comfort zone, I absolutely believe that and I encourage you to do so. And so when I stepped outside my comfort zone, grew strong relationships with professors and colleagues and friends and got a job on campus that helped me feel more connected. And so that level of connection actually helps us a lot as well. And so I actually wanted to make a side note on that. One of the reasons my core values of connection is with this podcast is because I believe that we as human beings need connection. We need human connection, you know, that sweet HC, (laughs) Um, human connection in multiple forms, right? So uh, mentally and emotionally, spiritually, um, but then also physically, right? So intimate relationships are one thing, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, whew, that is heavy. We need connection. I know that going through this entire pandemic and I live alone, I haven't had much physical connection with people, right? Like I haven't had people come in and out of my place or just, you know, sit down on my couch with me and we can chat and talk about life or have dinner. But I've been calling people a lot and I have been growing with them emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And that's important. We are humans that need connection. We thrive off of that so we grow in ourselves so we can acknowledge our own insecurities, so we can become our best selves, truly. And so, yeah, we need connection. So anyway, going back to my college experience, I was able to grow connections with other people. And through those connections, I was able to network and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so it's huge, right? So connections matter. And also leads you to the freedom that you endure and want to endure in your life. But I wanted to give you all some words of encouragement. You know, I wanted to end with three ways to become your best self and, you know, some ways to develop your self-worth. But I wanted to give you some words of encouragement. I wanted to tell you, you know, we sometimes give ourselves lies that we should not accept, right? I talked about this in the first episode. We are our own worst critic. Not all the time, but sometimes, right? let's be real. And so um, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, let's be real. And so we are our worst critic, the lies that we tell ourselves. Don't believe them. Okay. And when you talk to yourself in a negative way, it matters, right? So how dare you, how dare you ladies say that I am not worthy. I'm not good enough. I am weak and I am not strong. Whoa. Those are strong words and they're heavy, and those words itself can help you make decisions that are not going to benefit you. So don't do that. Not a good thing, 
right? So the lies that we tell ourselves, that's huge in words of encouragement, okay? Be your best self by showing up for who you are, speaking positive about yourself, okay? Be a light to yourself and you'll be a light to others, okay? And you know, your trials and tribulations really guided you along the way more than anything. If you choose the route of resilience and, you know, conquering through that adversity, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through life and you will improve in your level of self-worth. But how dare you undervalue your worth? Don't ever believe that you're not capable and good enough because the Lord created you in the like of his image. And I, like I said, I'm a Christian. So, you know, it's going to come out in this podcast at times, but he created you, right? Who's to say that you're to undervalue the way that he created you and the creator is so incredible and the way that he made you is exactly how you're supposed to be. And valuing that even more allows you to value your life even more. So it's important, okay? All right, three ways. Ready? Let's get at it, okay? So grab your pen and paper, whether it's virtual journal. Let's do it. Number one, gratitude. The way to become your best self is to start with gratitude. And so the ways that I grow in my gratitude are by writing, reflecting, you know, talking with others about things I'm thankful for. I know that gratitude is huge. I know that the reason I care so much about myself and the ones around me, you know, my loved ones, it's because I care about them. I know that I value what they poured into me throughout my life and that I also know I'm appreciative. I'm thankful and all of what I've been through up until this moment in my life has been a blessing. And so, yeah, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude. I write. I identify myself as a writer, like y'all see on my IG, and that I, you know, I like to write on you know, social media. It's a strength of mine. I personally just enjoy writing. But it allows me to utilize gratitude. Okay, so number one is gratitude. I encourage you to write. I encourage you to reflect Also, gratitude can also happen on a daily basis. So every morning you could write three things that you're grateful for. And then every night before you go to bed, look back at those three things you're grateful for and then choose three different things. That's just a piece of advice, something that you could try. Number two is positive affirmations. That's also really huge. I talked about that on the last episode, the I am statements. I am statements are really big. Okay, so I am statements are statements such as I am worthy, I am kind, I am loving, I am capable, I am conquerable, I am limitless, I am strong. All of those things are awesome, right? Those are I am statements, but that's also categorized as positive self-talk. When you have positive self-talk, you are able to create the future that you want just by saying it, right? You think it, you speak it, you live it right? So what you think, you say, what you say, you can live. And so your positive affirmations, your I am statements are huge. So number two, positive affirmations, I am statements, go ahead and write those down, whether it's daily, maybe every morning, that's a ritual that you have, or it's once a week. That's also really important. I know if I'm ever having a tough moment, I immediately lock into I am statement mode, and then I just provide myself those I am statements. Number three is Take time to participate in what you love, okay? So in order to become your best self, you need to take time to participate in what you love. What does that look like? Okay, so for me, 
I know that I love to cook. I love to shop. I love to have friends over, entertain, call friends, call family. I love to be out in nature. Usually it's by water, um, not out in nature like hiking. (laughs) Um, I'm not a huge hiker. But um, yeah, I like to do all those things, okay? Those are things I love. But I disperse them all throughout the week. And so maybe one day earlier in the week, so maybe Monday, I choose a recipe that I never made before and I cook it, right? So I make something that I never made before. And that allows me to not only step outside my comfort zone, but it also allows me to do something that I love, which increases, you know, that self-worth and self-esteem and kind of makes me feel good about myself, right? Because I'm like, ooh, I'm doing something I love. Um, Also writing, um, you know, calling people. I know when I call my friends, after I get off the phone with them, I always feel a lot better. Who else agrees with me? Amen. (laughs) Um, You always feel better. And one of the reasons you feel better is because you feel connected. You feel more connected with the ones that you love. And so that's huge, right? So calling family, friends, being out in nature. I actually live along a river. And so sometimes if I really need to, and I need to be connected to water, water is automatically a way to comfort us and soothe our souls. But if I need some like, you know, soulful, you know, food, um, you know, in, internally and spiritually, I usually go outside, you know, I write and I kind of just relax by the water. It kind of helps refuel me for the day or in the evening and um, to help me conquer another week. And so, yeah, take time to do the things you love and schedule them and plan them throughout the week. And so I know that's going to be a really good, good way for you to become your best self. And, um, you know, dispersing that throughout the week. Don't be hard on yourself and say, oh, I need to do something I I love every hour of the day. (laughs) You know, when you're working and you have a job, you know, this pandemic that we're going through, it's almost like next to near impossible to do something you love every hour. Let's be real. But um, you can absolutely do it every day. So find one thing that you love and, you know, make sure that you're able to schedule it throughout the week. I highly encourage that. And so again, the three things, number one, gratitude, two, positive affirmations, I am statements, and three, take part in doing what you love and participating in that. You know, that grows in your identity development and that will in turn improve your level of self-worth. I want you all to finish listening to this podcast and feel like you are able to improve your level of self-worth so you automatically have a direct reflection of, you know, a higher level of life satisfaction and well-being. You know, that allows you to have better health, um, to be happier in your career, build stronger relationships and connections with your family and friends, have healthy, intimate relationships and spouses. Um, all of those things are in turn super important to guiding your life. And so our self-esteem matters and you matter. And I just wanted to say that thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time today. Um, you know, in becoming your best self um, is actually going to make you a lot happier and loving yourself. And so I encourage you to continue listening and doing all the things you love. That concludes today's episode on becoming your best self. You may reach out to me at coachkatherineturek at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you, ladies.